Hi, I'm Erica Ramirez, founder of Illy and host of What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in pop culture. Every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, I talk to my best friend, Stephen Othello, and your favorites from within the Ringer and beyond about friendships on TV, in movies, pop culture, and our real lives. So join me every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, where we try to answer the question TLC asked back in the day, what about your friends? This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. All right, at least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all night long. He will never emotionally fulfill you. Because I don't want to be a part of it. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! Close your legs to married men, trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Who gonna check me, boo? Hello, and welcome to Morally Corrupt here on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am, honestly, this is Jody Walker. I'm deeply honored uh, to be here discussing the television event of the year. So sorry, but eat your heart out succession. Eat your heart out, Barry. Eat your heart out the entire HBO network. Last night on Bravo, we loyal Bravo fans experienced um, really the event that I think that all of this, these 10 years of watching Vanderpump Rules has been leading to. That is the Scandaval an episode unlike any other, the season 10 Vanderpump Rules finale. And I am also so honored to be joined by Zach Peter to discuss it today. Zach, dare I ask how you're doing? How are you? How are you feeling? What's going on? Not well, bitch. I am like <laughs> literally shaking. I watched it last night, which I, and we discussed this. I never watch live. I It's too late for me. I can't, I'm like, we need to stop putting shows on at 9 p.m. They need to start at like 5.30 and that's an appropriate time so that I can make it to bed by nine. But I, I rallied Jody like a real, like a real P- Vanderpump loyal Bravo fan. I rallied. I ordered two bottles of wine. I had on my send it to Daryl merch. I was ready for it. Okay. And boy, I, I am still shaking because I watched it again this morning. And like th- just every scene, I was like, okay, maybe I can squeeze in the full episode before we record this morning. And I'll just fast forward the boring parts. There were no boring parts. They were all just like, so I'm, I literally, I, I have so many words and I know we're going to discuss it all. I have no words and so many words. Zach, we had the exact same experience. I'm wondering if this was sort of like a universal experience. I also usually watch the episodes the next morning. We usually record the next morning. So I like it to be fresh. But 
This, watching last night on Wednesday night, Oof. this season 10 Vanderpump finale, like, it felt like a cultural event. And it really was. I mean, we are both reality TV historians, connoisseurs. I've honestly never seen anything like this. And it felt like, well, I mean, I, I I compare reality TV to sports a lot in the way that people are interested in them. But in the way that last night actually felt, I was like, oh, this is how people feel when they're so excited about a sports game and they don't want it to let them down. And these, this is their team. They put on their lucky jersey. Like, I'll never wash the clothes that I wore last night again. I literally had to pee <laughs> the entire time I was watching. And I, I couldn't even go during commercial breaks. Like, I, I couldn't stop watching it. It was so emotionally overwhelming. I sound insane. I sound insane. It was. I mean, it, it was like our Super Bowl. And I was worried. I was like, God, I hope it doesn't disappoint because they're really hyping this up. And this is supposed to be like a big episode. And I, I really hope it lives. And especially because like, there were so many things that I was like, how are we going to fit Kristen into the episode? And how are we going to fit Lisa into the episode? And how are we going to have a Tom and Ariana scene and a Tom and Raquel scene? Like, I was like, how do we fit all of this into this time slot? And they did it flawlessly. They did. It was, it felt, I, I mean, when I was really thinking about it, I was like, it's no different than any other episode, the way that it was framed. But it felt like it was done in these like vignettes. I mean, mm -hmm. it was really just people going over to each other's houses, sitting down in like different couplings, especially like different couplings that we don't always see and that now mean such different things. That's what last night really felt like is that we, this is character development, you know, like this is 10 years of storytelling come to fruition. And it's real, like it just kind of felt like the pinnacle of reality TV. And I don't know if it's all downhill from here. It's, it wasn't actually happening live. Like it, it was not watch what happens live. It was not live television, but it was electric and it was real and it felt live because it was just everything was happening so much it was just so much yep it was good it was so good it was good and like you said it's like you 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 wonder how they're gonna pull it off you want it and i i just have to feel that everyone felt like this was even more than we could have expected and so getting into this episode it was super sized Listen, I'm going to make the executive decision that this week on Morally Corrupt JV, we ain't talking about Summer House. I'm oh, so God. sorry. Listen, the, <laughs> why, so why sorry. did we get a supersized Summer House? Like, why? Like, that's the only comment I have about this episode of Summer House this week is like, why was it extra long? I didn't need an extra 15 minutes of, of nothing. I thought that was going to be Watch What Happens Live time. I was so confused when the episode go kept going. I have two comments about Summer House actually quickly. One is what you just said. I was shocked that it was supersized. Two is, I don't know if the Scandaval has gotten to me, but I was like, is there something going on between Craig and Sierra? I, listen, I'm not putting it out there. I'm just mm -hmm. saying I have been Scandavalled before and now I got my eyes on everyone. Um, but we'll talk about Summer House next week. I think there's just, there is not enough time even to get yeah. through this whole finale. So kicking us off, this episode starts off like a true crime documentary. It's got 
timestamps. It's got sepia tones. And we know that Vanderpump Rules hasn't been filming for a very long time. But on March 1st, Raquel and Sheena go on Watch What Happens Live. And Ariana and Tom attend a Tom Sandoval in the Most Extra show at Tom Tom. God, he puts his name on fucking everything. That was an insane sentence to say. And this (laughs) is when Ariana discovers the notorious uh, recorded, screen-recorded FaceTime on Tom's phone. She says, I don't know. I don't know why I looked. Call it woman's intuition. And that was great news to me. Like, follow that woman's intuition. This man is is slime. So you should. And she says that she learned that they're on that night on March 1st, she learned that there are evil people in this world. And sometimes they're the people closest to you and you have no idea. And Bravo immediately picked up the cameras and started recording, which is why it's wild. The content that they got. What did you think about this, uh, this opening to the episode? I did find it really interesting that they didn't give us any details about the FaceTime. And I get that legally they probably couldn't because she was trying, she was, Raquel is claiming that it was filmed non-consensually and she didn't want the cast circulating it and she sent the letters out and then we had to send it to Daryl. But I, like they gave it, like they didn't even say it was a naughty FaceTime. Like they gave zero context. So to me, I was just kind of like, that's weird. I wonder if like, you know, there's a, a Susan in, in the Midwest that's never, that wasn't paying attention to it, that was watching this. It's like, what's wrong with a, a FaceTime? Because um, it really just made it seem like it was this innocuous, you know, like platonic FaceTime video. And they didn't let us know that it was, it was very, very naughty and all the naughty bits were out. But I loved the opening. I loved the montage. I love, you know, them replaying the clip of Watch What Happens Live where Raquel says that Tom's the hottest one and Sheena's face is like so shocked. Like it just, it was, it was a great buildup. Um, and I know that they were actually going to be pulling some, they were, I think, originally planning on doing like a, um, a montage of like different fan reactions and stuff. Cause I signed a release to have a clip of my podcast that they were going to use. And then they ended up using the headlines. And I'm like, I'm glad they use the headlines. So the headlines look like half a second long rather than other people's reactions to scandal breaking. So definitely um, chef's kiss on the opening. As much as I would have loved to see you on this episode, I agree. Like the, the pacing of this whole episode is fairly relentless. And I think that was like part of the, of the breathlessness and what made it just like feel so visceral. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad they didn't take us out of it. It's a great point about the FaceTime. And I kept noticing that too. Like it has to be for legal reasons, but also we're just here on a podcast. It was definitely a dirty FaceTime, right? Like that's the only way that she would have discovered that something was going on. But yeah, it was a silent masturbation video of the two of them together. Because when you record FaceTime, it doesn't record audio. So it's literally just a silent FaceTime, which is just so creepy. Can you imagine stumbling across that? Later, he says, I'm sorry you had to see that. And and Ariana says, you should be sorry that you did it. And like, he should he should be sorry that he did it in every way, especially that it's silent. Like, silent <laughs> porn is a... It's a no thanks for me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. And also, like, you experienced the FaceTime. Like, why do you need to rewatch the FaceTime? Like, FaceTime her again. She has no shame. Right. Apparently, 
It's just happening in Schwartz's apartment at any given time. Creepy. We're just dialing out. Creepy at Schwartz's. And then I remember hearing you say it was at Schwartz's apartment, which is small. It's not the house that he owned with Katie. Uh-uh. You know those walls are made of paper. And like, we've seen Schwartz's apartment. He has not unpacked a box in the entire, like, year that he's been there. It is, it is not a place that I'd walk into. Like, where it was in Schwartz's bathroom, like where Schwartz, when oh, Schwartz God. was like having a beer on the couch and Sandoval's like in the bathroom, just like jerking it with Raquel. Like, it's so weird. Honestly, Schwartz may have been in there. I would never do that at a friend's house. Oh, you wouldn't, Zach? I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I barely do it at my own house. You know, I haven't yet. <laughs> but now that I know it's on the table, I mean, maybe we'll just start cycling some new things in the mix. Sandoval certainly seemed excited about it. Oh, it's, it's, it's so, yeah, it's gross. And we, this is when we, we kind of start to see like everyone that's been affected by this bomb drop. It's like a whole ecosystem, you know, like Sheena's heart is broken. Schwartz feels that he has personally been victimized by it. Um, but after the information drops, Only because he know, was complicit in it. Jody, because exactly. Schwartz was complicit in it, and he's a liar. And I, I always want to defend Schwartzy, but this time after this episode, I'm like, I'm done with you. Like Ariana, I am done. Oh, he's defenseless. And I mean, we'll get to it. But when he sits down and Ari with Ariana for his apology and cannot stop complaining about his stupid ass bar, I was like, what? When do these men learn? Like, will these men ever learn how to apologize? It is unreal. And that's basically what the entire episode becomes is, and we're about to like really get into the meat of it, is Sandoval's inability, like pathological inability to take any accountability for what he's done. And not just that, but constantly seek to turn it around on Ariana. He is like a caricature of a narcissist. It's, and I don't throw that word around lightly. Like it's an easy one to use on reality TV, but he, it's like he read a textbook bullet pointed list about it. And then he just rolled out all the behavior in one supersized episode. It, I mean, he had no remorse. Like he was just like, I'm sorry you had to find out. I'm sorry that this happened to you. Not, I'm sorry that I did this to you. There was none of that. It was like, sorry, you got caught up in this shitstorm. It's like, it's your shitstorm. That's your diarrhea that's flying around the fucking place right now. Oh my God. In Schwartz's bathroom. In Schwartz's bathroom. <laughs> we get into the scene that you think will be Sandoval sort of apologizing to Ariana, explaining to Ariana it's basically... So Ariana is in her house with a friend. She's devastated. Honestly, she looks beautiful, but like she's just, you know, been crying. She's obviously just like so emotional. And it truly felt like a jump scare when Tom Sandoval walked down the stairs. I, even though we know that they're still in the house together, I couldn't believe it. Like, get a hotel, my guy. Yeah, get out. And he's like, well, I have to stay here because I buy the toilet paper. Get, go. Go, get your charming ass out of here. We do not need your pens. We have plenty of pens. No, take your Amazon pens back. I haven't used a pen in years. So we don't need your pens. We don't need your batteries. Um, but he's, you know, there holding the house together. Um, and we immediately get the iconic 
him asking, do you want anything from the coffee bar? Her saying, for you to die. Like, this was in the trailer for the finale. I feel like I've been hearing it for months. And it's just a really perfect way to start this conversation because I also really wanted him to just drop dead in the middle Mm -hmm. of it so that he would stop saying the insane things that he said. And this is when Ariana drops the bomb that he hasn't even apologized to her yet for what he's done. And he says... The first, at some point uh, uh, during the finale, I started ranking all of the times that I screamed because I I literally did scream out loud a number of times. And this is the first one is when he said, Every time, every time I try to apologize, apologize to you, it just makes you angry. So he's not apologizing to her. I'm sorry. That's how you do it, Jody. Say, I'm sorry. The words oh, are not Zach, that I'm hard. So mad Sound at you. it out. I'm so mad Sound at you. Sound <laughs> it out like Raquel's kindergarten ABC classes and say, I'm sorry. Three syllables. I'm sorry. It's not that hard. I know he's not good at it. I know he 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 needs to practice how to say them because he's not good at ever saying them, but it's not that hard. It's so hard for him. It's impossible. He seems in capable of not just saying he's sorry, but of blaming Ariana for not being able to say he's sorry and for not doing the right thing and for not breaking up with her and for fucking her friend repeatedly for seven months and for not telling her about it and for not telling her about it until it became public information. Like, it's just, it's unreal. And also unreal in this scene is Ariana's performance. I mean... I don't want her crossing any picket lines, but like get this woman in a writer's room. I'm so glad to already know that we have her in a Lifetime movie. The way that she is firing off line after line while also being so emotional, like Ariana is what I I wish I was in moments like these. Like you always think of the great line later and you're like, oh, I could have said that. But she is delivering steal Magnolia's monologues. She says to him, I loved you when you were in skinny jeans and combat boots driving a Honda Civic. And then you got a little bit of money and you found this girl who wants to gas you up and is enamored with you. And that's all you want, isn't it? Like she's sticking it to him at every turn. It's incredible. Yeah. And like, it's everything she said was so on point. It was so true. And she's like, I was right. Like, she really wanted him to understand. She's like, I was right or die for you. I loved you. She's like, I would have, you know, gone to the end of the earth for you. And I believe her when she says that. And that's when he's like, well, you know, you didn't want to break up with me. Yeah, because she didn't want to throw away 10 years of her life and a home and pets that you guys share together. Like, you guys built a life together. Yeah, she's not just going to want to break up with you. Because I even see some people on Twitter being like, well, I believe that Ariana didn't want to break up with him and she was probably crazy and she wanted to stay with him. No, you don't throw away a 10-year relationship because you have a dry spell. She was committed to the relationship and that's what she tells him. She's like, couples therapy is what you do. You don't fuck my friend. Right? You don't, you know, of all the routes you could have gone of wanting to break up with me and wanting to end this relationship, Fucking my friend's a pretty wild one to go down. (laughs) And I think she can already tell 
Like she said, she said later when she was on Watch What Happens Live, you know, that the hardest part has probably been like seeing the lies that Sandoval and also I think Schwartz were telling to spin this narrative. But I think she can already tell that he's spinning this narrative, that the relationship was over, like that there it was never any coming back from it. And that's not how she felt. And like she makes that so clear with so much beautiful language that. Mm-hmm. They're, they weren't like that's no, she wasn't trying to break up and just being complacent. She really loved him. She was in this relationship. He was fucking her friend. She says of Raquel, this girl is searching for identity in men. She mm-hmm. has no identity of her own. She's willing to stoop so low to fuck one of her good friend's life partners. And that's what you want to be around? It's like, oh man, I'm glad she got to stick it to Raquel a little bit too. Like, thank goodness these two never came face to face. But that's what they we've will been saying. I mean, week. that's what it's... I know. I can't believe it. Or they will in a couple weeks. I can't. I can't believe it. Um, Like, this just has me so jazzed for the reunion. It's, it's, but in, I don't, I, this is the best Bravo finale. Usually finales are kind of bust, you know, like it's kind of like, we're all just waiting for the reunion. And then a lot of times the reunion isn't that fulfilling, but this is like, there's still so much more to find out. There's still so much more to this mystery. I wonder if the ratings are in yet. I want to know how, no, the ratings aren't in yet. I like want to know how many people tuned in. I also want to know that I saw the uh, podcaster Ryan Bailey point out on Twitter, like, pay attention to the commercials that are on tonight. And, you know, normally I'm not seeing commercials. Normally I'm fast forwarding the next morning. But like this, you know, they started out with like tummy tea and cannabis for dogs. And now it's Uber Eats. And like the really good medicines, like these were, they are paying the big, because this is, I mean, these ratings are outrageous. I also want to know the Watch What Happens Live ratings because those have been really yeah. huge too. Yeah. I mean, well, the last really big one was Kristen Doty. So I I would imagine that the, these have to be way higher than that. And last week's episode of Vanderpump Rules, I think got over 3 million. So, you know, this this is just gold these are yeah these are not these are not numbers tv normally gets anymore especially not um you know our little shows that we love on bravo and this conversation between tom and ariana like i would say it starts out really angry and then it gets truly emotional and ariana just has I, i i'm serious like get her in a writer's room this the things that are just coming out, even if she practiced them in the mirror, I don't care. Like, the things that are coming out of her off the cuff, she looks at Tom dead in his beady eyes and she says, you're worth nothing. And I want you to feel that deep in your soul. I want you to hear those words coming from the mouth of the woman that stood by you and loved you and was ready to build the rest of my life around you. Hear my words, she says, Zach. It's like biblical. It's like Shakespeare. And know that's how I feel about you. I regret ever loving you. And now I think she would agree with Sandoval that the relationship is over. As she, yes. And it's just like it, you can feel them. Like I could feel her words of like, I loved you and I regret ever loving you because you didn't deserve my love. You didn't deserve how ride or die I was for you and that little Mickey Mouse rat that you were 
banging behind my back and them smiling in my face and telling me about how I should fix my relationship with my sex life. Like, bullshit. But like, I just, like, you can just feel her pain and you can just like, and it's, you just know, like, she loved that man and she always defended him and she always wrote for him and she always let him get away with everything. And that's why this whole narrative that he was trying to craft of like, well, she would always like, you know, get mad at me. And she, it didn't seem like she really liked me anymore. It was like, I don't know. I don't believe that you hear the emotion in her heart when she's delivering these Shakespearean lines to him. And I believe her. Yeah. That's such a great point. Like I really do believe her. I think that was what I was so floored by is her ability to sort of speak so clearly craft this language, but also give, I mean, I'd use performance in the way to mean that, like, when you are in these situations, uh, depending on who you are, when I'm in these situations, I want to be dramatic. Like, I want to make my feelings known. I want to say, hear my words. And the way that she was able to do that and really also be so sincere and in the moment that, like, we at home could feel it. I was like, this woman is and should be a successful actress. Like, she has this level of emotion in her, as opposed to Tom Sandoval, who cannot say a realistic thing to save his damn life. And the things that he does say that almost, like, slip out that he really means are genuinely some of the most disgusting things I've ever heard, which are all about to arise when Tom Sandoval goes over to Tom Schwartz's house to immediately collapse into his arms in tears and deliver like a hundred I'm sorry. It's like, this is how we know that he actually physically can form the words, unlike Sheena being able to physically form a fist, which we'll get to later, (laughs) is that like, he says I'm sorry like a hundred times to Schwartz. But never to Ariana. Like he says sorry to everybody but Ariana. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And Schwartz, you know, I'm also I'm so mad at Schwartz, but I I will give him the Southern bless his heart because like he's trying to be like, I'm not gonna be hard on you, man, but also you really fucked us and also our business is in shambles and now we have one star on Yelp. Like he cannot, he's really frantic about this bar. It's like his whole life is tied up in this bar and he is it's all he can think about. Well, yeah, he lost Katie because of the bar. And I love the flashback where she's like, was it all worth it? Was it all worth it because you chose Tom Sandoval over me? You chose this bar over our marriage. And now look at what Sandy Balls did. He went and got his little Sandy Balls, dipped in Raquel's little chocolate cake. And now what? Now what? You got nothing. You got a bar that's sinking. And to be fair, Schwartz and Sandy's was always going to sink. But like, now it double sank. Faster. Like the Titanic. Faster. And it's going to take everyone in its wake down with it. And that's like the girls say a couple times throughout this episode that like these boys, they've always covered up for each other. They've always lied for each other. And they're always going to do that. But these boys need to recognize in one another that like if they're doing that, if they're that untrustworthy, eventually it is going to come back around to them as well. Like the women in their lives are not the only ones who will get hurt. Schwartz will also be hurt by Sandoval's actions and his own actions of being complicit. But Schwartz says that he, you know, he's been telling Sandoval that he has to tell Ariana about this. He says he sat Sandoval down as recently as a week ago and was like, you have to tell Ariana about this. And it becomes clear that the sort of looming timeline of the reunion 
was really hanging over everyone. And Schwartz says, I think my biggest scream of the episode, I wanted to tell her, but every time I wanted to tell her, I just got this vibe that she didn't want to know. Oh, she's never going to want to know you fucking moron. She's this is not news anybody ever wants. This is not news you ever deliver nicely. There's never a perfect time to say, hey, I'm sorry. Our nine years meant nothing because I went and I banged your good friend who you've been filming with, who you've been defending to everybody else in this group. But we were all lying to them. There's never going to be a perfect time to ever say that, Jody. ever, ever. And to say that he wasn't saying it because he got a vibe that she wouldn't want to know is like so far removed from reality that it just makes it so transparent. Like, I don't believe he, I honestly don't believe he tried to break up with her once. Like, I think they had a couple tough conversations that were like, things aren't like they used to be, but I don't think he tried to break up with her at all. Like, because there, it's just, if this is what he's saying, that he couldn't even tell her about this major event because he got a vibe that she didn't want to know, he's not telling her shit because he's a coward. Uh, yeah. And then, I mean, okay, actually, I lied. This was my biggest scream. This was my biggest <laughs> scream. <laughs> is he is, Sandoval is sort of, I don't know, Schwartz is kind of asking some timeline questions, which is crazy because I have the most timeline questions from Schwartz, I think. And Sandoval is trying to say that after the one night stand, which he told Schwartz about, nothing ever happened again until Life is Beautiful, which I think is like a music festival. Um, I don't know the timestamp on that. He's saying nothing happened again until life is beautiful. And then that's like when the affair picked back up again. And his ass says, and Ariana never asked me being like, I'm going to Schwartz's and all she would have to do is follow me and see that I'm not. So it is Ariana's fault that he had an affair that he was already having. He's already having it. He doesn't seem to understand that all the excuses that he's making all happened Well, the affair was already happening, but he had this affair because she forgot to catch him having an affair. She simply forgot to put a tracker on him. And that's what happened to him. Oh, God, what a terrible thing to trust your partner of nine years that when he says he's going to his friend's house, that you're going to think he's going to his friend's house, that you believed him. And later on Watch What Happens Live, Ariana, she looks in the camera. Andy is like so confused. She looks dead down the barrel of the camera and she says, I did look at your phone. I have your location on my phone and I would see that you were at Schwartz's. So she thinks that he was taking his phone to Schwartz's and then going to Raquel's to fuck on her little curved love seat. Mm. We'll get to her apartment. In her Honda Civic. Oh boy. I think that that conversation with the Toms was just like the most like enraged I've ever been. And then... And then to kind of balance it out with some sweetness is that um, Sheena and Katie and more of Ariana's friends um, gather at Ariana's house to comfort her and also to get the dirt because they're reeling. Ariana's the one that knows everything. And in not really what we see in the show, but what we know happens in real life is that Ariana basically disseminates this information to everyone. And then they just scamper out across LA and go on every random podcast there is so that Ariana can get her story out there. And like, I I actually don't know who Ariana's PR team is, but they deserve a raise because they have handled this really flawlessly. Yeah. And Rachel's have not. No. 
Um, so yeah, it's kind of nice to see Katie and Sheena put their differences aside. Um, this is when Ariana drops the bomb that the FaceTime recording that she found on Sandoval's phone was recorded at Schwartz's house. And Katie's face is just much like ours, disgusted at the way that these Toms are conducting themselves. Um, I thought it was interesting that Raquel told, so, so Ariana says that she, the, the night she found out, she immediately called Raquel and started demanding answers, which is like eventually how Sheena also finds out because Raquel is, I hesitate to say upset because this woman doesn't seem to get upset, but she is rattled. And that's when she asks what's going on. And Raquel tells her point blank, seemingly with no emotion. I've been having an affair with Tom Sandoval. Um, for seven months, and uh, and Ariana just found out. And Sheena goes on to say in this conversation at Ariana's house that she was filled with so much rage. And I was just like, don't implicate yourself, baby. Like, let's keep these details <laughs> sparse. We also have to remember the restraining order wasn't filed at that point. So at that point, I think Sheena was like, I'm in the clear. Let me punch her again. Right, exactly. She did seem, she seemed not like worried that she was going to get a restraining order, but she's like, she basically says that she pushed Ariana away from her. And she's like, Raquel. maybe my fingernails scratch. Oh, sorry. Thank you. That she pushed Raquel okay. Tom does away the same from thing. her. Oh, my gosh. That, I don't <laughs> know if I'm going to make it through that conversation. <laughs> those those names, they just get confused so easily for such different, different people. Um, so, yeah, Sheena cops to pushing her. And she says maybe her fingernail caught her. But this is when Sheena gives an OJ-esque iconic, like, physical reenactment of how she couldn't have <laughs> possibly punched Raquel because she physically cannot form a fist because of her fingernails. And I was like, you know what? She's right. She can't. She might have clawed her. The glove doesn't fit. If the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit Sheena of possibly punching Raquel. And also, even if she punched her, I think any judge would forgive her in that moment. Yeah. I think that would be... I think that would be just fine. Yeah. But yeah, Raquel told Ariana that they kissed after the sort of notorious guys night. Sandoval later admits that they had sex in her car. The first time they had sex was in a car. And I bet they thought that was so hot. Like, I bet they just thought that was the hottest thing they'd ever done. Gear shifts everywhere. You are 40 years old, Tom. You're 40 years old. I... Mm, drives me crazy. Yeah, and then Katie said, they're kind of like piecing together clues. Katie says that this one thing that Schwartz said to her at BravoCon keeps running through her head, which is that she's kind of making fun of Raquel for wearing the Tom Tom hoodie to BravoCon. And she's um, saying that she's like such a groupie and she follows them everywhere. And Schwartz says to Katie, trust me, Raquel's not here for me. And like, I think it seemed weird to her at the time, but now, because it obviously stuck with her, but the idea that he, she was there for Sandoval and that Schwartz already knew in October. And also, I feel very vindicated because as soon as this news dropped, I think the first thing I wrote to the group chat is, oh man, that Tom Tom hoodie at BravoCon is so much more insidious now. Like I, that hoodie also, really, I saw her in it. I was in a very small room with her wearing that hoodie as a dress. And it also struck me as like strange because I didn't think at that time she was that close with the Toms 
And oh, now what we know. It's gross. It's so, so gross. Like the hoodie, the I just, I can't. And then Schwartz denies it later when he has this conversation with Katie and he's like, I didn't say that. She's like, yes, you did. And then she's like, be yeah. on the right side of history this time. Like she was like, listen, look me in the eye and I'm telling you, stop defending that man. It's so strange to see Katie and Schwartz have conversations sometimes because they're honestly like different species. Like the way that he is such like a goofy baby with his hands in his mouth and that she is looking him dead in the eyes and being like, no, Tom, you're lying. I know that you're lying. It's just, it's kind of like unfathomable that they stayed together as long as they did. And yet I'm also sort of riveted by their dynamic. I don't know. That's a, (laughs) that's a scandal for another time. But I just kept thinking about that while they were sitting together. Okay, Zach, tell me this. So like one of the funnier scenes, vignettes that we get is Lala and Katie go over to James and Allie's apartment. And they're kind of like, I liked for that they were all kind of like talking over each other. It felt very real the way that they were sort of like gossiping it, gossiping about it and getting all their like clues and theories about it. And Lala's like, there's no chance that this was the, you think the first time he cheated on Ariana is with her best friend? Like, I don't think so. He's been doing this with other women. Yeah. James is like legitimately in tears, so upset by the betrayal of Sandoval is who he's angriest at. And then it all boils down to James says, I'm going to call Raquel. And she answers. Right? Like, that was wild that she even answered that. But this phone call is like my favorite phone call. James Kennedy was a star in this episode. Like, obviously, you know, we love Ariana and we're rallying for her and she's the MVP of the episode. But James Kennedy, his confessionals, the phone call, the way he ends the phone call, it was brilliant, Jody. I wanted to watch it 20 more times. And then he was, and then in his confessional, he's like, I don't regret any of it. And I'm like, good, you shouldn't. Sheena hit her again. This was like, this was like my hall pass for James. Like sometimes he drives me crazy. I think that he is like capable of being deeply mean. But like in this instance, this was a well-used version of that. Like someone (laughs) needed to be mean to Raquel in this moment. I think obviously there's like plenty of meanness going towards her now. But he, and it was so real. Like, he really needed to say these things to her. You know what I mean? Like, this is his way of... Can you imagine what it's like, like, what his therapy sessions are like that Allie's gotten him into? Like, I think that this is how he really talks and expresses emotions. I mean, my my favorite line is when he's like, come on, let's be honest. You're not... We both know you're not that bright. And the smartest thing you've ever done is have a seven-month affair with Sandoval. (laughs) Yes, James, tell her again. Tell her to practice those timetables. (laughs) Lala looks floored by that statement, like the smartest <laughs> thing you've ever done. But, you know, it is fair. It's the worst thing she's ever done. And it is also like the most it's the only thing she's ever done, sort of like it's that's I mean, she has brought us to that moment and I won't give her any honor for it, but I will give her the IMDb credit, I guess. My favorite thing that he says to her is you've done diddly fucked yourself over. You've literally trashed it for Sandoval's little cocky cock. He's like, oh my god, the forty-year-old in... cocky cock. <laughs> he's like speaking in slant rhyme. He's he's so outlandish. You're definitely right. For the time spent on camera, he made the most of of his sort of limited time. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. 
Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. I would say like the absolute most hellacious, worst to watch for me personally seen comes right along. And that Ooh. is Sandoval visiting yeah. Raquel's wildly lit apartment. From the moment we see her in there, I was like, what is the light situation here? It's the galaxy lights. It's neon lights everywhere, but it's also really bright. And at some point, Sandoval says, can we cut these lights? And she turns off the overhead lights and the reveal of what I feel is more than six galaxy lights in that apartment. Like, there is way more than just one galaxy light. I mean, it's delicious. Like, the, the part that the galaxy light has played throughout this season, I wrote an article on TheRinger.com yesterday ahead of the finale called The Winners and Losers of Scandaval. And I had galaxy lights listed as an absolute loser of the Scandaval. And I feel very vindicated <laughs> for that placement. Because, I mean, I think probably some people have discovered what galaxy lights are from this and maybe the sales have gone up, but the credibility's gone way down. Okay, Yes. And I agree with you. But also just think about her, you know, her brain, right? She took, she put all six galaxy lights on to film this scene because she probably in her mind was like, oh, the galaxy lights were a great thing in this season and they made fun of me for them. So now I'm going to put my galaxy lights on again. Like this was like her moment to like really stick it to them. And like, why, like, and you know, either production encouraged this or they told her, let's not do the galaxy lights because it's not going to look great on camera or whatever. But like, there was a conscious decision to put on the galaxy lights as a nod to when Katie and Lala and Christina Kelly made fun of her in Vegas for the galaxy lights. This, this was intentional. Yeah, that is a really great point. And it points to what made this scene so, so hard for me to watch, which is that it is so embarrassing for Raquel and she has no idea like no. the way like like the way that she thinks that the galaxy lights are like a win for her whereas they all just make us think of her as a child now because of how it's all gone down she thinks that this is Tom coming over to her apartment because he's chosen her because he's staying with her even like despite you know, all of this craziness that's happening. And the number of times that she tries to lead him towards saying that this was all worth it, that he'd do it all over again, and that he doesn't say that is unreal. Even just the way that he arrives and that she immediately pours them like double shots of whiskey that they chase with Coors Light is disgusting. The Coors Light did not look cold to me. And it also feels very representative of their relationship, of how like Tom can go over to this 20-something's apartment and pretend that he's drunk, that he's young again, and that they can just get hammered. And I was like, this is a moment to be sober, I think. Like, maybe this is a moment for a clear head 
maybe not a moment to be guzzling whiskey. It really disgusted me. I don't know. No, the whole thing was gross. And you can tell, like, she really, like, believed that, like, they were in love and that this was all worth it and that he really did choose her. And, like, how sick is that? Like, I get it if you're the mistress and you feel chosen when he leaves his wife, right? When Randall picks Lala instead of Amber. Got it. But not just that. Like, Sandoval, like, I just... It's... That was her friend. Like, you feel vindicated. Like, you feel good because he chose you over your good friend that defended you? And, I mean, I'd have to watch for a fourth time. But to my knowledge, she doesn't mention Ariana's name once. She doesn't have any remorse. She's basically seems devoid of telling right from wrong and of having like real true feeling. And I know that because some as someone who does have feelings inside of my mind, body and heart, the amount of times that I would have evaporated into thin air from embarrassment during this conversation, one you already referenced, which is when Sandoval accidentally and does not even realize it, calls Raquel Ariana. He's referencing that, like, he was originally trying to get Schwartz to date Raquel, but he says, you know, I was like, man, you're totally looking over Ariana. She's so great. And Raquel goes, you just called me Ariana. And doesn't have a single follow-up thing to say about it. So embarrassing. And then the second one is probably worse when she is at, she asks him, they're talking about their families and how their families feel about one another. And there's like this weird long pause where I think she wants her, him to kiss her, but instead she leans into him and he says, they love you. And she says, I love you too. And he says, I said, they love you. (laughs) And then he says, and I, but I do love you too, but it does not, feel earned. No, it felt well, it was well, I think he's also conscious of like this is on camera. This is going to air for the world to see as this whole thing is imploded and she's just like in her Teresa Judice love bubble and like doesn't want to think of anything outside of these galaxy lights. And I'm just like and she does want to kiss him and he won't kiss her and he even says like, you know, I um He's like, I, I, I can't kiss you because there are cameras here. And she's like, ha, 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 I know. But it's like, no, she keeps leaning in, wanting him to kiss her. I know that it was so the physicality of it was so tough because and I, that's what's so hard to watch. And that's what Ariana has said is like this woman is looking for meaning in men. She has no identity of her own. And what's so clear during this conversation is that she is not in charge of what she's doing. She's just doing whatever she thinks he wants her to do. And that's what they're both getting out of it is she is getting this leadership, this like something to put a stake in the ground of identity, which she feels so lost in. And he is getting this young woman following him around, hanging on his every word, changing everything about herself to be the woman that he wants. Because, you know, that is one thing that Ariana says during their conversation that's really, like, the saddest, I think, is she says, I would have done anything. I would have changed anything about myself for you if that's what you needed. But I actually think that's not true. Because, like, Ariana is her own person. And she wasn't willing to change certain things. There were certain things she was willing to, like, 
you know, meet in the middle on. She was going to freeze the embryos. There were things. But this is a woman who will change anything about herself, who will choke down warm Coors Light because it's what he wants to do. And, you know, I mean, the really, like, the, the worst part is when we see Raquel's testimonial and she is just practically giggling and kicking her feet with not even a glimmer of remorse in the distance and explaining that the reason that this happened is because she wanted to know what it would be like to have sex with someone she loved? What? And then talks about how this is the best sex she's ever had. No, it's not. It is not. You're not allowed to have the best sex you ever had with somebody else's man. No. I mean, you know, given the context, it, it probably is the best sex she's ever had. But like the way she explains it just doesn't make any sense. It. Uh, she says, because I already knew I loved him as a friend. I got a lot of friends I love as friends that I don't have to see what our sex would be like to know. Like, that's actually not how friendship works. It's crazy. You know that this was filmed. Like, I get the scene with her and Sandoval because the scandal had just broken. It had only been a couple of days. So, like, okay, I get it that, like, maybe the, the you know, it hasn't sunk in yet. But the confessional was, was taped much later. The confessional was mm. not taped days after the scandal broke. They filmed those confessionals a while after, especially since they say that she ghosted everybody, you know, after that scene was filmed. So her being giddy and kicking her feet is literally how she felt after the dust had settled. And I mean, it just, there's no evidence to suggest that it's not how she still feels. Like she just seems incapable of actually letting this settle over her and feeling bad about it. And it's just, for her, it's all about Tom. She says that, you know, there's basically no one she can trust anymore or that has her back except for her family and Tom. And she says, and even with you, I don't know because you cheated on someone that you love. So how can I know if you won't do that to me? And what's very clear to me is that she is attempting to lead him to say like, no, you're different. You're the exception. I would never do that to you. But he, like, he can't even say that. He can't, he's got nothing for her. Nothing. No, he's not taking any of the bait that she's giving. And she's okay with it. Yeah. And she just giggles with him and she's like, this ended so badly. Ha 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 ha. I was like, are you kidding me? Zach, she calls it a learning experience. Like, yeah, and defends it because she's like, this is what we have to do, right? We have to go through things and then they become learning experiences. I was like, what? She listened to some self-help tape that was like, you can't care about what other people think. You can make mistakes. And she just took it way too seriously. Like, you actually do have to care a little bit about what people think. And some mistakes are too big to make. For, a, for the learning experience. That, like, you didn't, you didn't, like, decide to go to Japan by yourself or something. You didn't, like, make a spontaneous decision. You fucked your good friend and basically your only defendant and confidence, common-law husband, for seven months. Um, and then, yeah, we get the Chiron that you mentioned that uh, after filming this scene, Raquel turned off her phone and wasn't seen or heard from for weeks which is probably for the best because I feel like we got plenty of her out no, of No, that's scene. actually not true. She was heard in the damn press with all the fucking statements that she kept having her team release. Remember, she's like, oh, she, all the statements that she kept releasing to the press, 
And it was just like, it was so stupid. Yeah, because it was during this time, right, that she yeah. that she gave Sheena the restraining order and like her like rinky-dink arrested development lawyer kept like releasing <laughs> all these bogus statements um, against Sheena's, you know, sharp as a tack legal mind. Um, so Ariana goes to Lisa's, Lisa Vanderpump's house. And I will say like the times I was most emotional during the, this episode was when Ariana would really hold it together. And then it would be like the second she saw a friend or hugged a friend or hugged Lisa Vanderpump, she'd really fall apart. And I just related to that a lot. It's like how you think you're, you're fine. And then your mom's like, how are you doing? And you're like, I'm not doing so good. (laughs) I think, I don't know, these these scenes with Lisa Vanderpump are obviously there because they sort of have to be. The only thing that I found kind of interesting, and I'm not really trying to start a conspiracy theory, but the way that Lisa says, it's no consolation, but none of us suspected a thing, was a little suspicious to me. Because first of all, they did suspect a thing. It's like a major storyline. Yeah, they did. And like, we're vocal about it, as did Lisa. Lisa had Ken read his little flashcards when he revealed the news to Katie in the kitchen. You know how I, you, I know you suspected something? Because Ken Todd spent upwards of a week rehearsing lines so that he could stumble <laughs> into the sandwich party and deliver them like a champ, by the way. He did a great job, but I don't think we need to say that no one suspected anything. It's kind of like everyone I mean, he did a great job like a kindergartner in a school play. That He, he did yeah, a great job. Yeah, and we're so proud that. of him. We're so we're proud. so proud of him. He did a great job, and I'm going to get him flowers the next time I see him. Um, yeah, so you know, Lisa comforts her. Um, Schwartz goes over to Katie's apartment to drop off the dogs, and for as we mentioned earlier, for Katie to kind of plead with him to pull on the one moral bone in his body and just tell the truth about. The timeline, I guess, at this point, I don't totally know what people... I guess, I mean, she just wants Schwartz to be a good friend to Ariana because that's the thing is, like, Schwartz is also Ariana's good friend and he's been lying to her and he's still lying to her. Yeah, I mean, and Ariana defends Schwartz and, like, was in, it was the bad, uh, one of the groomsmen in his wedding. Like, I just... You know, Katie is just... So glad she divorced him. Oh my this gosh. Point. This, you know, Kate, yes. And Katie is a true winner of the Scandaval in in increasing ways. Like it, it's just more and more of a win for her. Zach, talk to me about how you felt about a pair of dusty Nike slides strolling right up to Ariana's house only to be revealed. And of course, we already know that it's going to be Kristen Doty from the trailer, but still. This scene gave me a lot. What did you think? I just think I would have loved a better outfit. Like, not the dusty Nike slides. Like, put on some cute sneakers. You don't need to do a full face of makeup. Like, you don't need to glam it up. But, like, a little bit. Like, even Ariana, come on. She's wearing makeup in a lot of these scenes. Like, it's not a lot of makeup. But she has a little tinted moisturizer on. Like, she knows, you know, let me not look completely disheveled. You can tell Sheena wasn't wearing any makeup throughout the episode. But Ariana still, like, pulled it together. And Kristen Doty, I'm just like, Kristen, this was like your big return, girl. Like, we have to, you know, like, come on. Like, let's, like, even Brandy Glanville pretends she has money. 
I had the complete opposite reaction. I was like, it was just, it was like Kristen dropped everything. It was like, she heard the news. She saw the bat call. Ariana needs crystals. And like, she put on her outside shoes and just sped over. I just thought it was like so funny that she would not glam up at all. And then she enters the scene like, I mean, it's just such a different Kristen. Like, she's the wise sage of Vanderpump now. Like, she comes in. She quite literally takes Ariana into her bosom. Ariana gets emotional thinking about all of the years that she spent defending Tom. And in that way, basically, like, defending Tom against Kristen, calling Kristen a liar or whatever to any extent. And Kristen says, pish posh. You don't need to worry about that. Like, she she legitimately seems over it. She's just at a different point in her life. And that life is leggings and Nike slides. Listen, she this was a good kind of way to introduce Kristen, though, for a return. Because she came, like, it came full circle with what she went through with Ariana. And they show flashbacks of that. And she comes as like, let me help you mend your heart. Because I've been through this. And I had to go through this. And I didn't have, you know a Kristen Doty there for me to help me through all of this because everyone was mad at me because I also slept with Jax. Um, so she's like, let me let me be your mother goose right now. And don't worry about it, um, about all what happened in the past. I'm, I've moved on. I'm in a different place. Like, we're good. Let's burn some shit and move on. And I thought they were going to burn like a Tom Tom hoodie or something, but they burned, you know, affirmations and things we were ready to let go of, which I'm like, oh my God, I do that at the start of every year. That's so nice. I did that at the start of this year for like the the first time. I hadn't done that before. I don't, you know, I don't have a lot of witches of WeHo in me, but I'm I'm willing to get some. It seems like it's helped Kristen a lot. So yeah, I love this scene. It was like nature's healing. It was just like a nice, strange, like full circle moment. And that, you know, Kristen is not, however, invited to the girls' night out when um the girls, so like Katie, Charlie, uh, Sheena, Sheena's sister, Lala, take um Ariana out. They're all dressed in black, which Ariana knows they look like they're ready for a funeral. Ariana looks incredible. She's got the sternum out. She's got the short mm-hmm. skirt on. Things are ruched. Things are pushed up, pushed in, looking good. Um, And Katie drops the bomb that Schwartz is going to stop by. <laughs> to which I say no thanks. Surely Ariana knew beforehand. Like, that would, I don't know. But he stops by ostensibly to apologize to Ariana. But the sort of manic way in which he cannot stop talking about how much this has fucked him and his business. And I thought Ariana was honestly like way too understanding about it. Like, I guess she was kind of like getting something out of hearing Schwartz talk badly about Sandoval maybe. But... I just couldn't believe how much he was talking about the bar when her husband, her her boyfriend just like had a seven month long affair with her friend. She's like, yeah, of course your bar is going to fail. Yeah, of course there are going to be consequences. She's like, what did you th- what did you guys think was going to happen when he cheated on me? She's like, what did you guys? But I think what it is, Jody, is they're so used to being bad boys in their 20s. You know, they're so used to getting away with this stuff because they had nothing to lose in their 20s. They were broke. They didn't have relationships that they cared about. They didn't have businesses. They didn't have reputations that they were trying to protect. Whereas it's like now they have homes and businesses and, you know, all of this stuff that like 
now it matters. Like now you can't pull crap like this because there are real stakes. Yeah, that's a great point. And they're and realizing that for the first time now. And I'm just like, no, guys. Took like, a little <laughs> while to see. We're in. 40 now. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, those things didn't start existing this year. And like people have relied on you and you've had a family your whole life. How have you treated them? And, you know, Sandoval keeps saying over and over, oh, God, and I forgot to even mention that Sandoval goes to Lisa Vanderpump's house and has a crying fit by the window. And part of that is like, he keeps telling everyone, and he especially wants Lisa Vanderpump to know that he was going to tell Ariana before the reunion. Like, he had every intention of telling Ariana. And I just don't know what he thinks that means. He says to Lisa, like, basically, like, neither one of us would have been able to live with ourselves if Ariana was defending us at the reunion. But, like, she's been defending you all season long, and you're living with yourself just fine. Um, mm -hmm. And so, like, I don't know, you know, like you said, and or said that, like, Ariana said to Schwartz, what did you think was going to happen? What did, it, let's say he told her the week before the reunion, the news dropped, and then it was something they, they talked about at the reunion under slightly different circumstances. That's not any better for him. Like, that, there's no world in which this ends well for him no. or for anyone. And like they, Schwartz didn't have the forethought to think about that either. He eventually gets around to apologizing to Ariana, which he once again sort of turns into a statement about Schwartz and Sandy's. <laughs> and yeah, they just, they, they part ways. And then really somehow almost the most heartbreaking scene of this whole episode is the friendship breakup between Sandoval and Sheena. Because like you said about Ariana earlier, like you really can tell how she feels, how she felt about Sandoval, that she really loved him, that she's deeply hurt by this. Different way, but same for Sheena. Like, I really felt how betrayed and broken and hurt she was by this information. And, uh, you know, all apologies to Schwartz and Sandys, but like, I really feel like she also got fucked the most by it. Because like, she was going so hard for defending Raquel and defending Sandoval and really, like, choosing Raquel over, let's say, Katie. And yeah. Raquel didn't care about her for a second. She didn't care about her for a second. No, she completely, like, turned on her because she wasn't, you know, embracing of her seven-month affair. Like, it, it, insane. Um, but, yeah, the scene with... with with Sheena and Tom, like it just, because she's like, we opened up Villa Blanca together. You know, we, I have known him longer than I've known Ariana. Like she, you know, you can just, you can tell she really believed he was one of her good friends. And then they even referenced like the night that this all broke and the way Tom was talking to Sheena, it's never really revealed what he said to her, but it made it seem like their friendship was just completely insignificant to him. Um, and so it's just, I I feel so bad for Sheena because like she trusted Raquel, she trusted Tom, she believed them, she defended them like the same way, you know, and I think everybody's giving Ariana a lot of love and support um, without really thinking about like this does affect Sheena a lot as well. And I think we finally see it in the emotion that she has. And, and you know, great honor because she also has a stellar performance in this scene that made me be like, get her in a Lifetime movie 
I'm glad she got the Uber Eats account. Like, I was very impressed with her show of emotion and what she was able to say in a heated moment that a lot of people hadn't been able to say to Tom, which is when he keeps saying that he tried to break up with Ariana and then he finally pulls out what, like, I think he probably thought was going to be his trump card of, like, why he stayed with her, why he didn't, you know, just end things and trigger warning for any suicidal ideation. But he said, he snaps at Sheena that he tried to break up with Ariana and she said that she would kill herself. And Sheena's not having any of it. Like, she's not having it for a second. She says, okay, you know what? You call in her mom. You call in her friends. You call in anyone she needs. You break it off and you let us clean up the damage just like we're doing right now. Like, you don't use it as an excuse to keep being a coward, to keep having an affair, and to pretend like you're protecting someone else when you're really just protecting yourself. Ooh, she got him good. She got him so good. Yeah. And she's so right. Like, I mean, and like, the alternative was she found out in a different way. Like, that's either you tell her she finds out somewhere else, and if you think you telling her is going to break her, what do you think is going to happen when she finds out a different way? That's right. And that's what he said that to Lisa Vanderpump. He was like, he was like, you know, Ariana, like, she has a really hard time tr- with trust. And she's like, well, what do you think has happened now? Like, yeah. what do you think this is going to do to that relationship with trust? Nothing good. I mean, like, by all accounts, Ariana is really doing very well and thriving. But I don't know. I'm worried for her, though. I really am. I think she's on a high right now. But like, when you shoot up to such a big high, there always comes a low afterwards. And I think right now, like, it takes time to process a breakup. It takes time to process uh, an affair. It takes time to process losing a friend. And I don't know if she's properly been able to process any of that because it's been so heightened. There's so much media attention on it. She had to tape the reunion. She had to tape these this new episode. Um, she's doing Watch What Happens Live. She's doing press. She's getting all of these really big opportunities, which are great. And I think everybody's focused on how great of a of a moment she's in right now. But like, you can't go from such a big breakup to such a big high without thinking that there's probably going to be another shoe to drop at some point. And like, I, you know, I just hope that the support system that she has around her is really solid and is really rallying behind her because eventually all this attention is going to die down and she's going to be left with having to actually face her her emotions and her feelings moving forward. I know that is that is an astute observation. And it's one that I think like we as viewers don't always want to dwell in because this has been such riveting television and part. And I wrote about this in my piece, like part of the reason that it has been so riveting in comparison to other huge scandals. So like Erica Jane's husband, like being, you know, stealing millions from victims. Um, Jen Shaw, like defrauding the elderly and going to prison. These were, those were scandals that had like real victims and there was no upside. I think that we have been able to convince ourselves and to some degree it's true is that like the winners in this situation are the people who were harmed. Like, Ariana has gotten the most out of this. Sheena has gotten the most out of this. And while that is true, it relieves us as viewers of being complicit 
in this very bad thing and especially of enjoying this very bad thing. (laughs) Um, And like, I definitely rely on that. And so I think a lot of my, you know, like, Ariana's doing great. She's doing so great. It's like, I really hope that she's doing great. But like, yes, we must leave room for the fact that this was a 10-year relationship. And that is going to bring with it a lot of grief and like a lot and the loss of it. And at one point, I think she says it to, to Schwartz, like she, or Ariana finally gets really emotional. And she says, I wish I didn't miss him, but I do. And it's easy to look at Sandoval as like such a monster that like, we don't miss him. He's gross. And he's, got a bad singing voice that he's touring all over town. And there's like nothing, you know, like there's nothing good for us to remember because we don't have to. But for her, she did. She really did love him. And she really did think this was forever. And now it's over. And like, did that come with a lifetime contract and a Bloomingdale's deal? And hopefully a gig on Dancing with the Stars. Yes, it did. But those things don't like put you to bed at night. So I really do at the end of this, just like hope she's okay. Yeah. And I think she hopefully will be. Um, I think she's got a lot of of good, solid friends that are by her side. And I think this also really opened her eyes to see that like, you know, not everybody around you is somebody that you can trust. But I think the people that she can trust really showed up for her. I think so too. It's been, it's been a really good showing for friendship. And like, that was definitely the highlight of uh, this absolutely bananas episode. I was on the edge. I genuinely felt breathless, like while, while I was watching it. And I think it would be worth it to anyone. It was, you know, I really, I understand sports now. Before (laughs) I let us go, I got to know, Zach, what you're looking forward to in the reunion. And if there are any, like if you, on Watch What Happens Live, Andy asked um, Ariana if she had any lingering questions. And she said, no, like she has all the answers she needs. She's all good. But I got some lingering questions. And I'm wondering if you do too, if there are any answers you're looking for. Um, I mean, I'm just looking to really see Ariana and Raquel come face to face. I really want to, and I know we won't get it, but I really want to see Raquel and Sheena come face to face, Um, especially considering she filed the restraining order. That'll probably be a season 11 thing that we get. But I mean, in terms of answers that I want, I don't think I want answers as much as I want to see them be reprimanded. And I want to see them break down and show some damn remorse. That's what I want. I want Lala and James to come so hard for them. I mean, at least Sandoval, and I hate this because people turn it into like misogyny. At least Sandoval in this finale showed us some emotion when he broke down with Lisa Vanderpump, you know? Like in Lisa's eyes, he like actually had a real human, whereas I feel like it was a bit performative in his scene with Schwartz and, you know, he was a little more reserved in his scene with Sheena. But when it came to his scene with Lisa Vanderpump and you see him have like that anxiety attack, I genuinely believe that that was him realizing, holy shit, I fucked up my entire life. My business is in shambles. My friendships are falling apart. My reputation is being smeared everywhere. I lost Ariana, who seemed right or die. I don't know if Raquel is capable of giving me the same type of love that Ariana had for me. Um, And I think that was kind of the moment that he had where it's like, we've gotten no emotion from her. We've gotten no remorse from her. We've gotten smirks. We've gotten laughs. We've gotten this confessional. We've gotten her statements to the press. We got her TMZ interview outside of the nail salon. Like it just, to me, I'm just like, it's, she is 
diabolical, demented, and subhuman. And I can't wait to see them actually, like, shake some sense into her. And, like, I don't even know if that's enough sense to shake into her. And I know people are like, well, don't be so hard on Raquel. But I'm like, no, she is a grown woman. She's an adult. She's not 17 years old and made a little mistake. She's pushing 30. She chose to be on a reality show. She chose to open up her life. And she chose to fuck one of her best friends, man, uh, of nine years. Like, she made conscious decisions and is not aware of the consequences of her actions. And until she can, like, actually realize what she's done and how wrong that is, I'm like, yeah, Lala, call, like, call her out. When she said that she wondered if Sheena allegedly punching her, she's like, I thought, is this karma for what I've done? That's not karma. Karma is not a slap. That is a consequence of your action. That is a repercussion. And I think like, I want what you're saying. I don't think we're going to get it. I don't think we're going to get. I don't think so either. Because I don't think it's going to sink I don't think she really gets it. I just don't think it sinks into her. And I think, I just, I don't, I really don't understand what goes on in that girl's head. I did hate when Lisa called her a beauty queen, though. When Lisa was like, you know, he was in this relationship. And then this beauty queen walks in. I'm like, let's not give her that. It's like he had Ariana. Like, it's not, I don't, you know, everyone here is beautiful. Like, what are we? Yes, I didn't. And she's not, And as she is well documented, she is, well, she wasn't ever a queen because she did never win. But she's also no longer even on the circuit. And apparently that is like the, the crisis that started all of this. But we'll see what we get from the reunion. Um, Chelsea and I will be back together. We will be reporting live from Stockholm, Sweden. Um, so, you know, bear with us if there are any time restraints. But we are going to watch that reunion over hell or international high waters. This podcast will be coming to you. Zach, thank you so much for joining us with all of your insights um, on Vanderpump Rules. And we will see you back here on Morally Corrupt next week. 